Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word and we thank you for the power of your word um, to transform our lives and to renew our minds. And um, thank you, Lord, that your word brings life. And so, Lord, we ask um, by your spirit that your word would, um, Lord, we welcome your word this morning. And um, ask, um, Lord, help us to have open hearts and open minds to what it is you'd want to say this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, some, not everyone, but some of us get the opportunity to actually get to know our dads. And um, I just want to thank God for that this morning, that um, actually at 51 years of age, I've had 51 years to get to know my dad. And it's been wonderful to get to know him more and more. Um, even in latter years, it's a rich thing. Um, but this morning, you know, I want to talk about our, uh, a heavenly father. And he may not be your heavenly father. And um, I believe that God reveals himself in ways that invites us to make him our Heavenly Father. That we can actually get to know him. And um, one of those ways is he introduces himself in the Bible as Jehovah Jireh. The God who will provide. Or the Lord will provide. And I want to speak about that this morning. I believe that if we see him as provider, we will want to, want to let him be our provider. And we'll want to let him into our hearts. Now, there's many reasons why I've let my dad into my heart. Um, when times were tough, my dad would say, well, at least we own the house. You know what? You can laugh at that. But as a child, I never had the fear of being homeless. Because I knew mum and dad owned the house. We're safe and secure, and they provided that for us. I was always fed, I was always clothed, and not only the basic needs were met, but I had extra stuff like toys, a grey Nicholas cricket bat that I really wanted, um, a push bike, actually two push bikes. Um, I had more than what I needed, and I had help and support and love. I was provided with so much, and because... Through that, my dad had proven trustworthy to me. I let him into my heart. I, let, I had a healthy relationship with my dad. I believe that when we see God as the good provider that he is, that we'll trust him enough to let him into our hearts. Matthew 5.45 says about God, He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. You know what? God is so good. He's so gracious that he doesn't provide for us because we let him into our hearts, because we love him, because we serve him. No, he provides for everyone, even those who curse him and use his name in vain and teach that he doesn't exist. God still provides for them. How's that for amazing? That's the kind of God that he is. This morning, my prayer is that you would see him not just as a good provider, but you would make him your provider. You would take his goodness personally this morning. Um, in Genesis 22 is where Abraham was the one to first call God Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. And this was where Abraham was asked to do a strange thing, to go and offer his son as a sacrifice. And this was a test. Um, and it's actually a test that points towards the cross and towards Jesus. And, and if you know the story, um, as um, Abraham was obedient. He trusted God so much, you know, that he would believe that if he sacrificed his son, that he would 
God would bring his son back to life. That's how much trust and faith Abraham had in God. But as Abraham lifted up the knife to slay his son, he saw a, a ram in the, in the bush, caught in the bush. And this is when he said, um, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. And you know what? Um, it's a great picture for us that um, you know, we should pay for our own sin. We should pay for our own rebelliousness, just like um, what's going to happen to Isaac in a sense. But God provides the lamb, um, Jesus, the lamb that was slain for us. And Jesus died so that we don't have to um, pay for our own sins. And so Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. He has provided Jesus for us. And so what, not only that, and we'll, we just want to unpack this morning how some of the ways God has provided and how he's provided for you and for me. And I hope that you take this personally this morning. One person said this about um, Jehovah Jireh. God gives the goods. He is saying, you see and experience all this need of mine and you make provision for it. You see... so. So this phrase is, is not just the Lord will provide, but that God sees and experiences our need and he makes provision for it. In other words, it's deeply personal. It's not like, you know, just getting some Centrelink finance. I mean, um, Scott Morrison wouldn't know half of us from a bar of soap. Um, but there's that provision there, but it's not personal. But with God, he sees our need. He experiences our need. And he gives in a personal way. So it's very different to a lot of other provision we experience in life. God's provision is a personal provision. Firstly, I want to um, look at John 15, 16 this morning. My provider invites me um, to a place where I belong. In other words, um, my provider provides me with a place where I belong. I did say that, sorry. thought I'd change that. Jesus knows how to do relationship. I love this. He shares information. Do you know what? If you want to build a relationship, you actually got to share something of yourself with people. That's what builds trust. I don't mean be unnecessarily vulnerable, but be to some degree vulnerable. That's how connection is formed. And God knows that. Of course he knows that. But Jesus in verse 15, the verse before this, you know where Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you. The verse before he says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends, and hear this, for everything that I've learned from my father, I've made known to you. In other words, God doesn't keep secrets. He shares things with us to allow us to get to know him and connect with him. That's why all through the Old Testament, God reveals himself through different names, and those names represent different parts of his character. And if we got to know who God really is, instead of just you know forming our own opinion or taking our opinion of who God is from the world, we actually see that God is amazing, and he's actually trustworthy, and he's actually worth following. So I want to challenge you this morning. Where do you get your perception or concept from God, about God, from? Because the, the Bible unpacks it um, throughout its pages to show us that God is a good God and God is a God who provides and God is a God who invites me into a place where I belong. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is where uh, you know, it says in Psalms, he sets the lonely in families. I love that. And I've seen it so many times where God brings people into his family 
so they can don't have to be lonely anymore. Jesus was saying to the disciples and to us that the door to close relationships is open. In other words, you're invited. And and in this in the context of the verse in verse 16, it doesn't just mean mean you're chosen. It means you're chosen first. You know, when people are choosing sporting teams, it's like you don't want to be chosen last. That's just a real bad feeling. You know what this verse means is that we're all chosen first. None of us are chosen last. God loves us so much that he goes, I'll have you. And it's like he does it all at the same time. You're all invited. You're all welcome. You're all wanted on my team. That's the kind of God God is. People say, you know, God rejects people and they say, no, everyone's invited. Why don't you take him up on that invitation? And I love that. I love the family of God. On Tuesday night, I've been trying to get to the online prayer meeting that Craig hosts, Craig Stevens hosts. It's um, every night, actually, at 7 p.m. And we'll put the link up in the Facebook prayer page um, when I get the right one. Because I had the wrong one Tuesday night, then I got the right one and I joined in. And, yeah, when, when I joined the page and I saw all these faces here, some of you will know some of these people, um, like Lynn from um, Impact Nations and Anne from Impact Nations and, and um, Michael and Kathy from Gosford Salvos. And I just joined the room and I went, ah, oh, my people. And I hadn't seen a lot of them for a long time. And I went, ah, oh, how good is the family of God that we have connection, that we have, I, you know, I, it's the first time I joined that online prayer meeting and I felt a sense of belonging because there are some of my brothers, well, they're all my brothers and sisters, but some I knew better than others. And God invites us into this place where we can belong. You know what? Um, Probably a bit of a side note, but I'm, I'm not good at ending relationships. I don't know. I just have this sense that relationships are meant to last forever. And one of the things I love about the kingdom of God, one of the things I love about my mum and dad knowing Jesus is that when they pass from this life, I will see them again. For me, that's so powerful. Why wouldn't you want to be part of the kingdom of God? Why wouldn't you want to take Jesus up on his invitation uh, to be part of his family. It's so big. It's so awesome. And it's great to be part of. Secondly, not only does he provide us an opportunity to be part of his family, but he's promised to meet my earthly needs. Matthew 6, 22 says, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Well, in my introduction, I spoke about how my dad made sure I was provided for with all the earthly needs I needed, really. And so I know what it feels like to be provided for. I know what it feels like not to have to worry about where I'm going to live or what I'm going to eat or what I'm going to wear. I know that because I experienced as a kid to not have to worry about that stuff. So I want us to take a minute to reflect on God's provision because I believe as we reflect on what God has given us and we experience that provision, um, worry will tend to leave. So I want to read some verses from Matthew 6 and I want this just to be kind of like a, a Bible meditation. So some pictures are going to come up on the screen and as, we, as I read these verses, I just want you to meditate on God's great provision for you and for me. So I'm reading from Matthew 6.25. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? 
Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow, will he not much more clothe you? You know, one of the reasons, um, I don't know, I trust God is that I just see what he's provided for me. And you know what, the older you get, you look back and go, man, there was God, there was God. I don't believe in coincidence anymore. And every time I experience a coincidence, I go, oh, man, God is so good. He's so good. And he provides for all our needs. You know what, the other important thing is I think that we ask him. He has rich storehouses for us. And um, more often than not, he's waiting for us to ask him. But I'm thankful that my provider has promised to meet my earthly needs. And secondly, my provider has promised to meet my spiritual needs. Now, this, this is an interesting one, and I use the verse here. And yeah, well, I've kind of based this whole sermon on a song that has ministered to my heart a lot over the last few months. It's the song Gyra. And um, Nate and the team are going to bring it to us at the end of this message. Um, but these verses are kind of taken from this song. Um, and this was a verse I looked up. And as I studied it, I thought, man, you know, sometimes we take this verse out of context. And the verse is Ephesians 3, 20 to 21. And this is from the message. God can do anything you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. And yeah, the NIV version of that says, you know, he does immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. And sometimes we take those kind of verses and we want to imply, um, apply them to getting our wants met. But, you know, when you look at this verse in context, what it's actually talking about is quite amazing. Because this last two verses are the last little part of Paul's prayer at the end of Ephesians 3 which covers the whole first three chapters. It's like Ephesians, the six chapters of Ephesians are split into chapters 1 to 3 and then 4 to 6. And this, these first three chapters, 1, 2, and 3, are actually unpacking everything God has done and provided for us spiritually. Now, we haven't got time to go into it in detail, but I'm just going to list them off and see if you can catch them. First one is we're a chosen or adopted in Christ. Okay, so we're chosen we're invited, we're adopted um, to be part of God's family. We have the forgiveness of sin has been provided for us. Inherit God's inheritance. Now, this one's worth just uh, mentioning because, in a sense, it's access to God's resources to do the work God's called us to do. And you may know the story of the prodigal son, a guy referred to this morning, and the prodigal son went away, and then he came back, and the father threw a party, and the older son got grumpy. And he said, what's going on? I've been here. All the time. I've never left. I've served you faithfully. You know what the father said to him? All that I have is yours. 
The eldest son never left home, but he never realized he had the resources of home with him. He just had to ask them, or actually he just had access to them. This is what the word inheritance here means in the first couple of chapters of um, Ephesians 1 and 2, is that we have access to God's resources to do God's work. Um, Also, we're sealed by the Holy Spirit. That means that it's like a deposit. In, in those days, when they got a seal, it's like someone paid a deposit and a seal would say, I'm going to come back to collect. You know what? When we have the Holy Spirit in our lives, we've experienced that. That is God's seal on us to say he's coming back to take us home one day, that we're going to be with him forever. That's God's seal in a sense of approval, of ownership on our lives. Um, also, salvation, um, you know, use that big word regeneration, really just means that we have the ability to change. Um, we have God's authority, we're, we're drawn near, um, the first couple of chapters say, closeness to God, you could call it. We have citizenship in God's family, we have peace. You know, God has paid, Jesus on the cross has paid for us to be able to have and access peace. Um, we need access that, don't we? It's available to us. And um, in chapter 3, um, what Paul really unpacks more than anything is the church. He's given us the church. The best family ever. Hey, it's not the perfect family, but it's a pretty good family. I've experienced it for years, and I wouldn't leave it as a family. You know, and I'm not just talking about people that go to church. I'm talking about people who know Jesus. And they may be in this church or in another church or in a Bible study group, but they're our family, the family of God. And it's what the Bible calls the church, is the people who believe and follow Jesus Christ. Well, that's a list of spiritual blessings, right? And so in the last, ver- last couple of verses of chapter 3, 20, verse 20 and 21, um, what Paul is saying is that all these spiritual blessings, God is able to bring to pass. He's able to make that happen. So, you know, next time you're saying, oh, I'm such a bad Christian. I keep falling over. I can't do it. I can't make it. You know what? God's got your back. You know, one of the things I loved about my dad is I knew he had my back because he was super practical. And so whether it was driving me to school or to job interviews all the way to Brisbane from the coast, was helping me with my paper delivery. Um, even after I'd left home, dad, mum and dad would come and visit and dad was up cleaning the gutters. And I said, oh, dad, you don't have to do that. And then I realized, you know what, that was his way of loving me. That was his way of helping me. That was his way of having my back. You know what, just like my dad had my back and has my back, God has your back. And he has made a way for you to be part of his family and he can make it happen. He can bring it to pass. You don't have to make it happen. You just sort of need to follow his lead and trust him that he can make you not only part of his family, but more like Jesus, he can help you change and find change. And He's done it all. We just need to receive it from him. And trust him that he can bring it to pass. How good is that? You know what, as I've said this morning, my dad provided for me and it's one of the reasons he has a place in my heart. We let people in our hearts that have been there for us. I want to ask you this morning, have you let the Heavenly Father, the greatest provider whoever was, whoever will be, have you let him into your heart? You know, these days I don't live geographically close to my dad, but I have him in my heart because he earned a place there. You know what, I don't see God physically, but I have him in my heart because he earned a place there. 
You know what, it's no point having a loving father or any loving relationship if I don't let that love into my heart. I want to thank Nate and the team um, for making this song available for us today. It was not an easy song. And I ask that you allow the words to wash over you, that you're reminded of what a great provider God is, and that if you haven't already, that you would invite him to be your father, your saviour. As Nate sings these words, as we refer to some of them, I'm already loved, I'm already chosen, that you would accept Jesus' love and invitation this morning. As you hear the words, if he dresses the lilies with beauty and splendor, how much more will he clothe you? If he watched over every sparrow, how much more does he love you? I trust that as you hear those words, you'll receive the promise that we read of Matthew 6, how God provides for our natural needs. And as you hear these words, it's more than you ask, think, or imagine. According to his power working in us, it's more than enough. That you'll be reminded of the promise of Ephesians chapter 3, that God can meet our spiritual needs, that he can get us home. Let's focus on him and allow his spirit to minister to us wherever we are this morning.